Welcome to the Unstoppable Profit Podcast. Wherever you are today, if you're starting with nothing or are well on your way to the success you desire with the right people, processes, and promotions in place, you will be unstoppable. And now, I'd like to introduce your host, Mike Stromso. Greetings, everybody. This is Mike Stromso bringing you the next episode in the Unstoppable Profit Podcast. I am pumped and excited to have uh, somebody with us today. I've been uh, pursuing Charlie to get him on the podcast for quite some time. And uh, we were discussing before we came on this morning when we met. It was over 20 years ago through a mutual introduction. And since I met Charlie, I've admired his work and paid a lot of attention to what Charlie teaches and helps people with in the sales game. Charlie, uh, how are you doing today, sir? Hey, Mike, I'm doing fantastic, and thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, looking forward to uh, today's session. Yeah, yeah, let's uh, help some people get better uh, at the sales game. And in our industry, which is the insurance industry, and, and really business is business, right? It's about, it's simple. It's two things. Get clients, keep clients. And you're on the getting clients side of it, and you uh, just came out with uh, your most recent book, human dynamic selling. And for anybody that's on the uh, visual YouTube version of this, you'll see mine is highly posted noted, if you will. Mm -hmm. And and we're going to dig in and learn more about Charlie's thought process in teaching and helping top performing salespeople in today's market uh, be better at what they do. I mean, the day we stop learning is the day we stop growing. The day we stop learning is the day we stop earning more. So we've got to know that. So uh, Charlie, before we get started this morning, for anybody who has not heard of you, I can't believe that's the case, uh, or may <laughs> not know you, uh, share a little bit about who you are, your history, and anything else you're comfortable with. Sure, sure. Thank you, Mike. Um, so I, I guess the, the most important thing for me to share with everybody is that uh, I, I want everybody to understand that I am definitely not a natural bond salesperson. Okay. And, and the reason I share that is because I think it's important for me, especially me with my story, is to share that, you know, I, I started in sales over 30 years ago. And I can tell you that my early days of selling were horrible. I mean, like really horrible. And what I mean is that I, was, I had all kinds of fears and the rejection really bothered me a lot, hearing the no's. Uh, I, I had to overcome a lot of what I would call unpredictable, unproductive thinking, these mental barriers that I had up. And I, and I really believe that that's one of the primary reasons why I'm so passionate about what I do today is because over a period of time, I was able to figure out how to become successful as a salesperson. I was able to help people break through some of the same barriers that I struggled with. And I think that that's the reason that, you know, maybe even people like you, Mike, who, you know, after 20 years of not really knowing or seeing each other, there was something there we still remembered each other by. So I, I think that, you know, we, we have to admit our vulnerabilities. We have to be honest. And I think that's how you get really good at selling is you be honest with yourself. You tell yourself the truth. And I've done a lot of self-help work on myself over the years, uh, really trying to break through. You, 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 you've been there, Mike? 
Yeah, you may not know this, and forgive me for doing that on you twice already, and anybody that's watching the visual that knows anything about the EPP program knows two fingers mean I second or I agree. So well, there you go. Exactly. I mean, we've uh, anybody with a lot of experience has been there, and if they're not admitting it, uh, they're not admitting the truth. And that's where all progress starts is by telling the truth. Yeah, go ahead. That's Tony. it. I mean, that's the beginning. I mean, that's the whole process. Um, I call it being mindful. You know, mindfulness is such an important characteristic and trait. So, so you know, I started out in sales. I, I was in the uh, advertising business. I was running a sales department. I worked for one of the largest commercial printing companies in the world. I was a vice president of sales for a company called Quebecor World. Uh, and then sort of I, I migrated into sales training and coaching. And I started with a national firm and then sort of broke off in 2000. And I started my own company, which is the Selling Skills Institute. And what we do basically is, um, you know, I, I like to say, and I tell my clients this all the time, is, you know, what, what makes you different from everybody else, right? You know, there's, there's a thousand people out there that do what I do. Thousand. However, I believe that what I do in my story, my backstory, the way that I sort of moved through this journey of, of really being afraid to sell, having a lot of really unproductive thinkings and beliefs, I believe that that journey has helped me become a really good trainer and coach. And, and, and that's what my whole principle is about. You know, so I, I, I started uh, with a uh, methodology called shift thinking. And shift thinking came about uh, as a result of teaching people, training, coaching people, and realizing early on that sales success wasn't so much about selling skills or techniques. It was really about the mindset. Mm -hmm. and, if, and if we could get the mindset right, then I was, I was seeing everything else was starting to fall into place, Mike. You know, it was yeah. like, you get that mindset right, you get that thinking right, and then everything starts to fall in place. So I developed a methodology, a method called shift thinking, which I wrote a book on. I trademarked shift thinking, and it's my framework for everything that I do in relationship to training and coaching. How do we get the thinking right? Whole framework. And then after that, it was like, okay, so what's the selling methodology? Because obviously I'm working with sales professionals and I wanted to focus specifically on how to help salespeople. So I developed a methodology called human dynamic selling. And what really, really got me to pursue this whole idea of human dynamic selling was that I just felt like there were so many salespeople that were selling products and pitching and, and, and putting the product before the person or the individual. And it seemed to me like, especially with this pandemic, it seemed to me that there had to be a human element as part of the buying and selling experience. So when I started to research and I started to really put the concept together, I realized that you know, everybody 
everybody wants to be treated as a human being. Right, Mike? I mean, isn't, isn't that like the major thing? Absolutely. People do business with people they know, love, and trust, right? It's so simple, right? So simple, and yet, for some reason, in our profession of selling, it becomes so complicated. It's so, it's so much of a convoluted process. Product, pitching, and oh, yeah, oh, by the way, I'm dealing with people. Really? So human dynamic selling was uh, sort of, um, it, it evolved from that process of really paying close attention to how people were engaging with their customers and their clients and, and really understanding that we, we really weren't treating people as people. We were treating people with titles, you know, purchasing people or your procurement people. But I, I think I think we forgot that we're dealing with real people with human issues and struggles and problems and challenges, just like us. And if we would only pay attention to that and show people that we care, that became the game changer. So I, I, I put together the human dynamic selling model. It's eight specific steps that I've built. And those are the eight steps that I train my clients and my, my prospects. And um, it, it's one of, I mean, I've, I've had clients say to me, Charlie, we've been trying to differentiate our product over the last 10 years and we can't. We don't know how to differentiate what we do, our products, our services, and especially in the insurance industry. I do a lot of work in the insurance industry, okay? So it's like, all right, I sell commercial insurance. What makes me different? And what I, what I really came to the conclusion of is that it's not what we sell that differentiates us. It's how we sell it. It's how we sell it. And if we can truly create a human experience for our customers and our clients, then we can differentiate ourselves in what I call this sea of sameness. The sea of sameness is everybody today is looked upon as a commodity, unfortunately. How do we break through that sort of that thinking process? And, and I found that if you can create that human experience, it's a fantastic way to differentiate yourself. So that's how sort of things evolved. And that's kind of where we're at today. Wow. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. I, I've got lots of notes already. Uh, putting the product before the person has been a, a, a roadblock to closing deals. I mean, if you want to talk about results uh, and the value that comes from those results, we may have time to jump into that. We may not, but it's not what, it's how. And what came to my mind when I heard that, when your why becomes big enough, the how becomes easy. So it's not the what, it's the how. And that's what Charlie lays out for you in the book. And I love that sea of sameness because I learned from one of my early marketing mentors, look at what everybody else is doing and do the exact opposite. And, there you, go. you know, I, I think you're spot on. And I'm going to ask you a question just a second based on something you said, but your mindset. Absolutely. Your mindset is your skill set. I mean, if you go into a transaction, whether it be in the insurance industry or any industry, if you believe in your mind that that transaction is going to be about price, it's going to be about price, right, Charlie? 
Absolutely, 1,000%. But here's the thing that's interesting, Mike, is that we, we probably all understand that and we know that. But here's what, here's what I think the real challenge is. When you, when you talk to people and you try to explain that, the question that I used to always get, well, how do you do it, Charlie? Okay, so yeah, I understand that things become self-fulfilling prophecies, right? If I think a certain thing, then yeah, more than likely that's probably going to happen. So if I don't want it to happen, how do I not think about that, Charlie? And that became the essence of my shift thinking methodology. So what I had to do was rather than just sort of speak in general terms as to the mindset and our thinking process, what I had to do or what I did do is I created a methodology based upon these principles, Mike. And I think this is really important for your, you know, for your listeners and your audience is that when we, when we absolutely understand how the mindset works, and here's how it works. It works based upon the way that we think, which has an impact on how we feel, which has a direct impact on what we do. And then when you put all of those three things together, thinking, feeling, and doing, that's how you get a different result. And I believe that we have had this upside down for a long time. And I say, because I was doing the same thing early on in my coaching, I was trying to get people to change their behaviors so that they could get a different result. And that was, I mean, it was just, I was running in a rabbit trap all the time, just getting stuck because people would come back. How do I change my behaviors, Charlie? And then I realized through a lot of research and a lot of, a lot of studying over the years that, if we simply focus on what we're thinking about, that drives everything. So I'll give you a quick example. When I first started in sales, I, I really hated making cold calls, okay? And I never understood why. I couldn't understand. I mean, I was sitting at my desk and I didn't want to make the phone calls. I didn't want to pick up the, you know, back then we used to pick up a phone, right? Now it's like <laughs> we scroll through a phone. But yeah. back then, you know, it was like, why wasn't Charlie able, willing, didn't want to pick up the phone? And what I realized is that it wasn't because I didn't have the strategy. It wasn't because I didn't have the script, so-called scripts. It was because I was thinking about it from a totally wrong way, which was anybody that makes cold calls is a salesperson. And I didn't want to be a salesperson at least not that typical salesperson right. that everybody else would describe. So that simple thinking process created a feeling. It created a lack of behavior and a lack of results. As soon as I learned how to shift my thinking about cold calling, everything changed. Wow. I hope everybody just picked that up. So it's your thinking, which leads to your feeling, which really determines what we do. So there it is. Charlie... Uh, you, I don't think you've seen this yet, but you know this is what we affectionately call in the UPP circles the mirror of truth, right? Yeah, I did. You actually sent it to me with your book. Thank you. Oh, you, you got one. Okay, yes. good. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, really at the end of the day, it's what we see in the mirror of truth. And that leads to the thinking. Would you agree? Absolutely. You're right on target, Mike. There's no doubt about it. It's just if, if we can all help our clients understand that this whole process of getting new or better or different results 
simply begins with being mindful of what we're thinking about, everything changes. Everything changes. I'm going to start with the end in mind, if you will, because my last question, I'm going to start being the first question for you. So based on this experience, based on what you've developed and learned and now trained top uh, salespeople and, and a multitude of industries nowadays, and it's become legendary. I mean, a lot of people who have worked with you have nothing but great things to say about their experience with you. Based on that, what are some tips and advice you would give to people who would be, who'd be reaching for the top based on what you just discussed? I mean, what would you say? I mean, let's say I've got a problem with my mindset and frankly, I'm still a work in progress and some days I do, okay? So what, what do you have to say to those people? What should they do? Where should they start to get their mind right so they can create the feeling which will equate to what they do? Yeah, great, great question, Mike. And you know, I, I always try to be very careful in my coaching and my training when it comes to giving advice, as I'm sure you, you probably feel the same way, Mike. You know, I right, right, right on. You know, I'm I'm very cautious in explaining that these are the things that have worked for me. Right. And 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 I can't, you know, I, I never want anyone to think that what might work for me might work for somebody else. However, saying that. I've been doing it long enough to know that there are proven things that have worked for other people beyond just myself. So there are certain things that we've developed over the course of years that have certainly made an impact in people achieving their goals and their success. And, and I would say to answer your question, Mike, that, and again, this is what, this is what helped me early on, is I became a ferocious reader. I never liked to read. I didn't like reading at all. But I started to pick up, you know, Tony Robbins, Wayne Dyer. I started to pick up all everything that they were writing and reading it. And I was immersing myself into people who were successful, you know, everybody. I mean, it didn't matter whether it was an artist, a musician, a salesperson, you know, whomever it was. What I realized is that everybody was going through the same struggle. Everybody was trying to figure out a way to create this right mindset. And as I was reading more, and then I started later on watching the YouTube videos and starting to pick up on what other people were doing. See, the thing is that I believe that success leaves clues. They leave, it leaves clues, right? So, Absolutely, yes. Right? So, yeah, yeah. so what I started to say is, look, I don't want to reinvent the wheel. I want to be honest with myself. I understand that I have some challenges. I know I have some roadblocks. Let me dive in and see what other people were doing. So I read everything I could get my hands on. I started to create a journal. That was a big, big thing for me. I have a journal that I've been keeping for the last 15 years. And every single night before I go to bed, I take a little bit of time and I write down what I accomplished today, what I could have done better today, and what I hope to accomplish tomorrow. And I have 15 years of that journal that helps me self-reflect. And I think that's a key word as well, Mike, is that I think this whole process of, of shifting your thinking, it really requires us to be self-reflective. Like looking in that mirror that you have, 
We have to really, really be honest. And then the not the last thing, but the other thing I did was I started to hire a coach because there were certain things. I mean, we all have these blind spots, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, we do. Yeah. So I, I realized that I had some of these blind spots that I couldn't identify on my own. But if I hired somebody, which I did and still work with a coach today, uh, that person helped me move through a lot of my blind spots. So the reading, the YouTube videos, the journaling, the mentoring, the coaching, I think all of those things played a big role in helping me get through my mind blocks that were holding me back. And, it, and when you get into it and you start learning in that way and learning how to become better, it just becomes a habit of life. That's it. That's it's it. like eating right, if you will, if that's part of your practice or exercising or whatever it does uh, is in your life. That's fantastic stuff. Thank you for sharing at such a deep level on that. I 100% agree. I just ordered uh, one of my key journaling uh, books, if you will, for the coming year because it the reminder came up this morning. I'm on it and it's absolutely become part of my success because we also encourage people to plan their day the night before because there's something Perfect. subconscious that happens when you do it the night before you get up the next day. You're not only are you ready to go, you don't have to think about, okay, what am I going to do today? Subconsciously, it works for you while you're sleeping and so forth and so on. Great, great, great points. Great I, I absolutely love that, Charlie. Great stuff. Thank you for sharing. Anything else to add on that? Well, I mean, again, I think there's so many different things that you can do. I mean, part of the goal setting, I think that's a big part of the process. You know, you have to create a vision for yourself. You have to know what your targets are. Where are you going? You know, plan your day. I mean, there's there's a lot to it. I just think that we have to see. I'm, I'm all about progress, not perfection. You know, I, I think that life is about progress. I mean, I, I spent a lot of my early years, Mike, trying to be a perfectionist. And that was part of my challenge. It was like I was getting nothing done. I just wanted to be perfect. It was like, okay, you're perfect, but you didn't do anything today. So I sort of shifted again, one of those key shifts. I shifted my thinking and it was not so about, about perfection, but it's about progress. So now every day I look to make some progress and and a little bit of that progress every day is part of shifting the way I think about things. I mean, I'll give you something real quick and real easy, right? In sales. So one of the biggest shifts that I am a proponent of is stop worrying about being interesting and start to get interested. Love it. Right? Yeah. I mean, so simple. But if you want to show that you really care about people, you can't show people necessarily that you care about them when you're always trying to be interesting. But when you start to become interested, now all of a sudden there's a whole different dynamic taking place. But that's a shift. That's a shift in thinking. It's it's really all about you know, if you will, the two to one theory is what we started with two ears and one mouth, right? Really actively listening to what people are trying to say to you. And, you know, a problem solves an opportunity for sale. And now uh, we've identified because some of our coaching members have really uh, taken this and run to another level with it. Uh, there's people out there in our circles that say, no, it's five to one, Mike. And I'm going, uh, one of our coaching platinum coaching members said, Hey, Mike, it's five to one. I developed something else. I said, what does that look like? He goes, one mind, two ears, 
two eyes and one mouth. Five to one, two, four, five to one. Ah, and I love yeah. that. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Stop Fantastic. worrying about being interesting it. and start wor- thinking about becoming interested in how you can help people. Charlie, I want to jump onto another of subjects in the, in the time oh. that we have together today. So prospecting, you talk about in your book, Human Dynamic mm-hmm. Selling, uh, prospecting, and I wrote down prospecting is the heartbeat of a top performing salesperson or sales team. Give us a, a, a minute or two on prospecting and what you've learned and developed so far. Yeah. So my experience tells me, Mike, that most people fail at sales because they can't prospect. Mm-hmm. They don't have they don't have a robust pipeline. There's no real good opportunities in their pipeline, and eventually, you know, unfortunately, their sales career just fizzles out. But I think most of it has to do with uh, with with prospecting. Now, having said that, I think the important thing about prospecting is to identify what your strengths and your weaknesses are. Because I've, you know, I've worked with people who I've tried to coach to help them make, let's say, cold calls, or I like to call them opportunity calls. That's the way I like to define them, opportunity calls, because I don't think anybody likes to make cold calls. But opportunity calls, I can make those. But I think, I, I think the reality is that there's going to be some people that are going to be okay making phone calls and do it really well. And there's going to be other people who aren't going to do it well, no matter how hard you try to train them or coach them. And I think it's important to identify, you know, if somebody's a good networker, then network, but be all in, go all in networking. If you're good on the phone and you can prospect, then go all in and prospect. Now, ideally, can you do all of it? Yeah, that would be great. But I don't think that we all have the skill sets to be able to be really great at everything when it comes to prospecting. Having said that, if you can't prospect, you're going to eventually be out of business. And I would say that those that are relying today on social media, you know, I mean, this in this, the social media, I, I love the social media. I love it. LinkedIn, you know, I, I love LinkedIn. But I can't tell you that I've ever got any business from it. I can't tell you that it's helped me pay any of my bills. Now, maybe it has. It maybe has, but I still believe in human contact. I still pick up the telephone. I still make human contact with people. I still reach out and want to have a conversation with people because I think that that's what people really want. I think that that's really the human connection that people are looking for. Now, I'm sure there's people that are going to be listening and and say, yeah, but nobody answers the phone anymore, child. You can't get to decision makers. You know, you can't get to that C-level decision maker anymore. You need to go, you know, you're going to need to send out emails and you need to send out a lot of emails. But my theory is that if you are consistently persistent in your efforts and you do it respectfully, then you'll get through. You'll get in contact. You'll have success at prospecting. But as you said, It's not a one call, a two call, a three call. It's multiple contacts. And depending upon what you read nowadays, it could be anywhere between seven and 18 different contacts in order to reach a decision maker. And that's probably true with email, phone calls, social media. You have to be persistent. That's it. 100%. You got to be, I heard from Charlie Anderson 
that you need to be consistently persistent in your efforts. That's it. And, and I'm going to follow your lead on that. Um, the sales statistics sheet that I showed you uh, before we went on today, uh, I'll suggest this is a, a little dated, but I believe the premise is still true. 48% of sales people never follow up with a prospect. So, it's, yeah. Charlie, are there people out there that you begin to work with out there in the world who will reach out one time and they don't get a response so they think that's enough? Number one reason we don't sell after the initial contact is no follow-up. There it is right there. Number one reason. Initial conversation and then all of a sudden no clear next step. Nothing happens next. There's nothing in the calendar. No follow-up and it's gone. The opportunity is gone. Aha. Uh-huh. So you, they, they should have a roadmap as well. Absolutely. And they should Absolutely. have clear and, and next have- steps. And they should have accountability built in from a coach. Absolutely. And you never, you never get off a phone call without creating a clear next step. Nice. Fantastic. So your recommendation is if I'm on the phone with Charlie and we're talking about business insurance and Charlie's not ready to, you know, make the purchase or, you know, make a commitment to working with us before we end that conversation, we need to set the next appointment. Absolutely. I need to say, Mike, Sounds like we just had a great conversation. Not sure whether or not I can help you or not, but it sounds like I might be able to. How about we do this? I know you're busy. I'm busy. Why don't we pick a date next week? We can circle back. I'll put it in my calendar. You can put it in your calendar. We'll have a quick follow-up conversation and we'll figure out whether or not I can help you. Yeah. And and for those people who are in automation, uh, between that call and the next call is your opportunity to, you know, share with them some testimonials or your risk removal guarantee or just anything else of value and educational value with them in that time period, right? Absolutely. The Which more will- value you can add to that experience, the more likely you will create a client. Right. And this one also says 80% of sales are made on the 5th to the 12th contact, which you just alluded to. And then I've got this other one that's talking about uh, this particular um, example is talking about number of touches, but it's the mm-hmm. same thing. I mean, in yeah, today's world, much. it takes more touches than ever. And it's been my observation that really people may not be responding. And it's not that they don't want to. It's just they got so much going on, they don't have time. They're busy. They're busy. And, and, and I can't tell you people say, Mike, thank you so much. I've gotten your emails. I've got your text messages. I got your voicemails. Thank you for continuing to call me because I'm ready to do business with you. I just haven't had two minutes to pick up the phone and call you. So true, Mike. So true. I mean, there's so much noise in today's environment, especially our business environment. The question is, how do you get through the noise? And, and, and I don't think there's any magic. I mean, you could talk about subject lines and emails and your opening statement when you make a phone call. And yeah, sure, there's things that we can do that can help us improve our conversion ratio. But I, I think that the real secret is it's it's the follow through. It's the follow up. It's adding value and all of those touch points. And, and all of that begins, Mike, is right where we started today's conversation, which is the mindset. Because I can't tell you how many of my clients will ask me, Charlie, what do I do after the second touch point? I feel like I'm being a pest. I feel like I'm being annoying. And what I say back to them is this, is look, if you believe in what you're doing, 
Uh-huh. If you believe that you have a real valuable solution, then make the next call and make the next call and make the next call because you believe in what you're doing and you're authentic and you're real. And that's what human dynamic selling is all about. It's not about trying to create a transaction. It's not about a sales pitch. If you truly believe in what you're selling or providing. Make the call. Make the call. Make the call. I love it. Fantastic. Charlie, we could go on for hours and and I'm not going to get to all the questions today because I know your schedule is crazy busy and I want to respect that completely. So, um, Charlie, I'm going to veer off path here for just a minute. So what would you say to somebody who might be watching or listening to this, who's just getting started in the sales industry, who doesn't have the right mindset yet? Where should they start? What's the first thing they should do? And I heard you say it earlier, but I want to hear what else you have to say. Well, I think where, where you have to begin is you, you, you have to look for the clues that people have left that are successful. You know, when you start to do some, uh, you know, reading and you start to do some research, what you, at least what I found is I found that all the challenges that I had early on were the same challenges that everybody else had. And it didn't matter who it was. And then as I read their story, they would start to leave these clues that I could pick up on and, and experiment. And I think that that was the key for me is I wasn't, again, I, I didn't know if I had the right answers. I didn't know whether I was going to succeed or not. But what I started to do is build my confidence based on experimentation. Mm. One more phone call, one more email, one more knock on a door when you could knock on a door. And that gave me the confidence that I needed to be able to continue to be successful. And I think that's what the new, you know, if you're new in sales, it's about building confidence. So go out there and experiment. But there's a lot of clues out there that you can find if you do your research. Yeah. And I started early in my career. I mean, I'm a PNC guy, not a life guy per se, but I remember knocking door to door at night trying to sell life insurance. But, you know, thinking back on that, that was a huge trainer for me. I mean, you know, and I remember knocking on somebody's door one night and it was somebody that I knew and I'm going, wow. And they go, what are you doing out knocking on doors? I said, well, first of all, I'm trying to help people. Second of all, it's, I'm trying to earn a living to support my family. So there you go. go. So Mike, I'm going to, I'm going to just give you sort of a final thought on the question that you just asked as far as, you know, somebody new coming in Uh, you and you just said it and I'm going to repeat it is that if I, if I knew early on in my sales career that I was in the business of helping people, I would have been so much more successful early on than I was because I thought I was a sales guy. And I thought my job was to sell. And when I started to really think about serving and helping, I'll tell you, it became became really enjoyable. And I think that anybody that is new in sales, if they can create that mindset, the journey is going to be so much more enjoyable. 100% agree with you. And I I still uh, invest in three different coaches today in my own world to continue to get better. I can't help more people if I don't continue to pursue getting better every single day. And what you said just brought to thought uh, uh, something that I learned from one of my coaches. It's the napkin theory. 
Mm. So, you know, pretend going into a higher end restaurant and they put a napkin over their arm. Why? Because they're going to serve you. And that's part of what it is at the core. We've got to be of service to other people before we can ever expect to receive anything in return. Quick question for you, way off path, pipeline. Yeah. You know, in sales, our pipe is our life. You got it. How far out should they be working on their pipeline? And just give us a couple, a minute or two. Oh, a couple of things. First of all, I don't think you need to have a huge pipeline of opportunities. I think if you have well-qualified opportunities in your pipeline, it's much better to have that and it'd be very narrow so that you're focused on your ideal, your ideal client profile is really key. So I think narrow, fitting that ideal profile into your pipeline, not having, I mean, you don't need thousands of people in your pipeline. You probably don't need more than a couple of hundred. In some cases, maybe less than that. But the quality, the quality of that pipeline is so critical, so critical. So 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, 120 days out, I think that there is a good timeline to really keep tracking. But again, the key with the pipeline is all about advancement. Uh It's about being able to advance them to the next stage. Because I, otherwise they're sitting idly in the, you know, so somebody's there for 60 days, they're there for 90 days. Well, what are you doing to advance them to the next stage? That's the key with the pipeline. Always advancing your prospects, your opportunities. The advancing, the advancement of prospects in your pipeline. Goal. I hope everybody picked that one up. The advancement of your prospects in your pipeline. Otherwise, it's stale. Love it. Hey, prospects are only inactive when we are, right? That's right. I love it. I love it. So speaking of love it, uh, we didn't even have time to dig into all the nuggets that I pulled out of your book, but I'm going to recommend that everybody go on to Amazon, pick up a copy of Human Dynamics Selling. Uh, You're going to find tons of gold nuggets. A playbook for winning is one of the things that I had highlighted today. Customers don't pay for products. They pay for results. They're paying for an outcome. They're paying to get something of value. Um, Human Dynamics Selling prepares today's uh, people for forward thinking uh, in the sales environment. It has the six core principles of human dynamics selling, uh, just absolute gold nuggets. Charlie gives you a roadmap in the book. He talks about the paradigm shifts. We touched on that a little bit today, but he takes a really deep dive on the mental paradigm shifts and other paradigm shifts that are needed to be a top performing sales professional in today's world. And something that we didn't get to today, and and because of time, uh, people just need to pick up the book and, and read about it, but qualifying and disqualifying. I remember probably close to 20 years ago, one of the game changing trainings that I went through at the time was the art of disqualification. And at the end of the day, you talked about ideal client just a minute ago. That's similarly at the core. Yeah, it's, yeah, that, and, and that is one of the core principles of the processes. I mean, our time is the most valuable resource that we have, Mike, right? Yeah. And if, if, we're, if we're chasing people, you know, opportunities that aren't real valuable opportunities or valid opportunities, we're just spinning our wheels. Yep. And, and that's not what you want to be doing. So when you, when you learn that art of disqualification, again, becomes a game changer. Yep, yep. 
And what I did earlier for anybody that's watching this, I, I was doing this and, and we didn't get back to it, but that's the hamster wheel. We don't want to be running on a hamster wheel. We don't want anybody running on a hamster wheel. That's why I'm super, super honored and grateful that Charlie joined us today to make sure that we begin to get our mindset right and know at the core what it really takes to be a top salesperson in this world. And that's really getting your mind right first and then everything else Charlie just talked about. Charlie, just awesome stuff. Charlie, uh, I know this uh, because we also have something we throw around the uh, UPP circles called wins and lessons. Obviously, there's wins when we win, right? We win a deal as an example, but there's also lessons. Lessons are another word for failures. Nobody died. We're good. We can move on. Just learn from it. And it's usually yeah. nine lessons to one win mm, in, in our progression. Yeah. So I know back in the days when I was trying to bring up sales professionals within the insurance agency business, and I failed at that. One of the things that I identified, number one reason that I probably failed at it because I was spreading myself too thin, I should have hired them a coach to work one-on-one with them. Not that I'm not capable, but I just didn't have the time to dedicate to it. Commitment is the thing you said you're going to do long after the mood you said in has passed. So Charlie, if somebody likes everything they heard from you and you know they have a sales team that needs a one-on-one coach, how do they get a hold of you? So uh, the best way to get in touch with me would be through my website, uh, it's sellingskillsinstitute.com. And uh, if they wanted to email me, uh, you know, send me an email or whatever, charlie at shiftthinking.net. So those would be great ways to be able to get in touch with me. But I, I really appreciate the opportunity, Mike. This was really great. I enjoyed it. And, um, and, I, and I hope that there were a few golden nuggets that, you know, that people could take away. And as I said, you know, I mean, this is my story. This is what's worked for me in the last 30 years. Uh, it's worked for a lot of my clients, and um, and I just love spreading the word. So thank you for having me and giving me that opportunity. My, our honor and pleasure. And I know there was tons of gold nuggets. I hope everybody was writing down gold nuggets like I was. And if you weren't, go back and watch it again. Go back and listen to it again, whatever it takes, because what gets written down and crossed out gets done. And in addition to that, just for clarity purposes, Charlie helps people and is 100% dedicated to, we talked about the super simple business plan get clients, keep clients, right? He's in the get clients end of it, helps people improve their sales game, include, improve their closing ratios and everything of the such. So thank you, Charlie, for that. Uh, just a quick reminder for everybody uh, either watching or listening to the podcast. Again, my name is Mike Stromso. I'm widely recognized as a leading author, speaker, and coach for the independent insurance agency industry. You can find me at Unstoppable Profit Producer. If you're interested in attending a virtual or live event to learn to grow your business, create wealth, so you too can have more freedom to live life on your own terms, please visit us at uppfaststart.com. That's uppfaststart.com for the virtual event, or you can join us at a live event. Just go to beunstoppablebootcamp.com. That's beunstoppablebootcamp.com. Both events are designed to share with you some of my best money-making strategies proven over 35 years of research in your industry to help you grow your business, create wealth, so you two can have more freedom to live life on your own terms. That's what Charlie and I have to share with you today, the wins and the lessons that we've gone through, and we hope that today has helped you. Charlie Anderson, thank you so much, sir, for joining us today. We're grateful. And uh, again, everybody, if you have more questions for Charlie, just look him up, get in touch with him. Anything to add before we wrap it up today, Charlie? No, just really, I really appreciate it. I thank you so, so much, Mike. And um, 
I'm, I'm so happy that after 20 years, we were able to reconnect, which is really, you know, amazing. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. I'm, my friend Rudy Rudiger from the movie Rudy, right? He yeah, was yeah. on our uh, stage at Being Selfful Bootcamp. I learned from him, among many other things, and I've got it right here on my monitor. Never giving up lasts for the rest of your life. Wow. That's powerful. <laughs> and that's it. his story. It. it took him 13 years to get the movie made. Yeah. But wow. he never gave up. Great. They were thinking, some dude who has a dream of going to Notre Dame that's play right. football, what, what are we going to do with that? But obviously, it's been fairly popular. That's right. For sure. Thanks again, Mike. All right, buddy. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. If you would like to listen to more episodes or share this podcast with someone you care about, please visit www.unstoppableprofitpodcast.com. Now go out and make a difference. Be unstoppable and leave no regrets.